Katie Ho, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards Podcast for the week of October <laughs> October 24, 2011, episode 124. I am Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast, joined today by Transom, R. Me, Jackie Rotaco, account coordinator with Interval. A tran what? Adam Meyer, was... creative director at Interval. And Did you just call me a tramp. A, tr- no. a tranny? What was that? A tranny. <laughs> Mr. Han- Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo. Do you think people know who that is? I we've, know. We've, we've He's had awesome. him. Yeah, we've had him on our podcast before, but I wonder if people, like of a certain scary. age, know who that is. <laughs> Where did Hanky sit? <laughs> That's pretty. Well, no, I mean, he was, we referenced him. <laughs> oh. I should just I'm just going to I'm just going to say this right now so if it happens it happens so we don't have to worry about it. It's late on a Friday afternoon mm-hmm. as we record this. Uh and my kids were off all week for like teacher education conference blah blah blah. Me. So there are <laughs> probably 47 kids running around this house and I have put up signs saying you are fertile. nobody Right, I had to be home today, or at least this afternoon, so nobody entered the house, but the odds of 47 kids paying attention to that and not coming storming through are slim. So if you hear yelling, singing, banging on the door, the cat screaming, anything like that, that's why. It's a little heads up for you. All right. All right, then. then. (laughs) Cats and dogs. Living together. It'll be anarchy. (laughs) It's out of my hands. What movie? Ghostbusters. Jackie. Oh shit! Oh, I mean, shoot. well, I, mean, I knew you it. knew it. <laughs> I totally did not know that. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> That's all right. How are you guys doing? All right. I've got a cough. I think it's allergy related. So Probably Legionnaire's disease. If, I, if I'm hacking up of my black lung during the show here, that's. Uh, I apologize. And I'm doing just fine. <laughs> no black lung. No, no black lung. No Legionnaire's disease. Not yet. Well, that's good. I don't know if you cough with Legionnaire's disease. How do you get mm-hmm. Legionnaire's what disease? What is that? Uh, it's, somehow it's related to air conditioners, <coughs> I think. I don't know how that works or if that's even true, but that's what comes to mind when I hear Legionnaire's <laughs> disease. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> and hospitals. Yeah, that does, that does come to mind. That for some does. Reason. There's, I, I make a connection, even though I don't know what it is. I, there's... Yeah. I have some connection there. That's how branding works. That's the brand of Legionnaire's disease. <laughs> branding works where you have a, a, a feeling or an impression or a sense before you even know what it is. Like if you if you think of somebody, like somebody tells you like, oh, I met so-and-so, and you're, you at first don't recognize who so-and-so is. You know you know them, but you can't place the name, but you get a vibe. We've talked about this, right? Like a negative vibe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or a positive vibe, perhaps. And then like 10 <laughs> minutes later, you're like, oh, yeah, that's the person. That's branding at work right there. That's the brand of Legionnaire's disease. It brings to mind hospitals and air conditioners for some reason. S- uh, hold on. Siri, does Chris Bevelo give off a positive vibe? I don't know what you mean by. Siri, does Chris Bevelo give off a positive vibe? <laughs> oh, that was pretty Bevelo. <laughs> We'll come back to Siri. Siri doesn't know anything. I can't wait to hear about (laughs) Siri. We've saved Siri to the end, and it's going to be an act of God if Adam can stick to just Siri and not talk about the rest of the the 
iPhone. <laughs> but that's his challenge. Be. We're going to break up iPhone review over a course of many podcasts, so we don't... But we're going to start with Siri. But Siri's at the end. We're going to end with Siri. We'll see how she feels about that. Okay, so what should we talk about? Uh, more awards? <laughs> yeah. No. I just saw this today on um, Reagan's healthcare news feed, you know, their daily newsletter. Mm-hmm. And it's a post by, oh, great. The post got cut off. It's by Holly Potter, who is, I think, a VP or a high-level marketing person at Kaiser Permenti. She wrote a post uh, about how they focus a lot on quality awards and rankings and understanding what they mean uh, and trying to, as an organization to really – move toward improvement in those areas like H caps and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and she, she lists a bunch. Some of these I've not heard of. She says they track what seems to be an ever expanding list of third party accolades, NCQA rankings. Anyone JD power, I, which I didn't think they did healthcare anymore, but apparently they are quality compass. Oh yeah. Medica- yeah. Those guys, Medicare <laughs> stars, and of course, our old favorite joint commission. And so she talks about how you know it's important to uh, you know do the right thing so you show up there, not necessarily for the fact that you're on there, but that means that reflects you're doing the right thing as an organization. But then she goes on to talk about how uh, most consumers don't understand or pay attention to these reports. And she says, in, pre- in preparation for the Medicare Stars quality ratings released this week, which I don't even know what that is. That's probably shameful that I don't. Kaiser Permente teamed up with Harris Interactive, which, of course, is a well-known polling company, to survey seniors on their awareness of the rating system. Not surprisingly, only 18% of seniors had heard about Medicare stars, and only 2% actually knew how their own plan performed. And maybe that's why I don't know, because it's about health plans, not providers. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it is about providers, and I don't know that either. But just more (laughs) fodder for the fact that you know, whether it's in, um, what do we call it? An, an Evo? Was it Evo? Or uh, what was the other one? A burpee? No. No, it was Joe Public. A jo- JP. A JP. A JP. A JP. An and Evo. Was it, what was it? It was. What did it stand for? Oh, oh an OVA. OVA. Obscure Vendor Award. OVA. OVA's and JP. Emo? Evo. This is just. Evo. Is this, yes, Wally. Isn't this a little just kind of absurd? Honestly? Wally. Yes. Which Wally. Part? <laughs> I think it's Eva, but that's cool. That's right. Eva. Eva. There you go. Thanks. Great movie. What's absurd? The notion that, I mean, of, 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 of all the stuff, of, of everything that healthcare, mar- healthcare consumers don't know about healthcare and need to know. Is this really one more thing that needs to muddy up the waters? How you need to understand how awards work? It seems absurd. Well, it is absurd. And Holly's point is, how are you educating patients about your quality reports? You're not. Which is, you're not. But that, <laughs> but that's her point. Is if you're going to talk about these things, you better be be prepared to educate because nobody knows what the hell these things are yes. for the most part. So just don't talk mm-hmm. about them. Or educate. Either way, <laughs> right? But is okay. it is it worth your if you're gonna if you're gonna expend resources educating people on something? Is this really what you should educate them on? Well, if you think that you have enough or validity in celebrating those publicly, like we said last week, there's lots of reasons why you wouldn't do that. Um, then I think you you better take that extra step of educating people. So, 
Yeah, and most people probably aren't going to want to hear it. So, kudos yeah, for wasting your time. Avo, here's your JP. Here's your here's your JP. Move along. A GP. Okay, so which is a nice segue, I think. Maybe. I'll, someday I'm going to use a segue that's completely inappropriate. See if anybody catches that. Like, there's absolutely no connection between one thing to the next. That'd be awesome. Sounds like every the- episode. Because <laughs> yeah, we've got something from our listener mailbag. I love calling it that. Mailbag. Mm-hmm. Fan mail. We actually have a, a listener. We have a bag hanging in the office where we stick all the emails. We actually print out all the emails and put them in a bag. How's that? This comes from Kelsey Gulig. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name. Kelsey, I'm sorry if I'm, if it's, it's got to be Gulig. Julig. It could be. You sure it's you sure it's and you're sure it's don't ruin it any further. You sure it's female. I have a cousin named Kelsey who's a who's a male. So you're sure it's female. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm most most Kelsey's I know though are female, so I'm gonna guess. Okay. Yeah, boy, I've never heard of a guy named Kelsey, but maybe yeah, it is. I've got a male cousin named Kelsey. Here's what Kelsey writes. Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey is a fan, but go. she also has a great question. And I'm gonna give Kelsey huge kudos here. Uh hi, hi gang. I love your podcast and the insight you provide into our industry. I graduated from the University of Florida with a PR degree in April and have been at my first full-time job since May. So she's been at it for six months, right? Almost. Uh, She's a marketing coordinator at a hospital in Florida. And she said that she started listening to our podcast soon after new job. And we've been helping her greatly in the transition to her new career. That's fantastic. But what, what Kelsey's going to talk about, I think is amazing. And kudos to Kelsey for being, maybe it's not, She's been in this industry for six months, and she's got her finger right on the <laughs> right on the pulse of oh, the problem. She she wants to know about physician relations. Like you preach every week, I believe in thinking strategically and tracking ROI. <clears throat> As my boss likes to say, we are not simply order takers who do what others ask of us. On the other hand, I find that physicians are treated as gods in the hospital environment. For better or worse, a physician's referrals affect the success of the hospital. Thus, angering a physician is the ultimate blunder. If a physician wants a billboard, newspaper ad, or an event, uh, that physician is going to get whatever he or she wants, even though a physician has a medical degree, not a marketing degree. How do you suggest hospitals balance the two opposing forces of keeping physicians happy and continuing to think and practice strategically? How about that for nailing the nail in the head mm-hmm. on the nail what's the saying <laughs> hitting the nail on the head yeah kelsey kelsey is a female i google i googled kelsey and got her linkedin profile so we can be assured that uh, excellent that she's a she well thank you kelsey for listening and thank you for writing and you know uh we touched on this a little bit in the last podcast just around the awards issue that's where the segue came from at least for me um i think it's really sad as she points out how do you balance keeping physicians happy, happy and practicing strategic marketing? Isn't it sad that those two are out of balance? Yeah, but, but pretty, totally pretty true. Common, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. dead on. It's just it's just sad that it's like it's you know it's like saying you know how do you how do you strive to have world peace and keep everybody happy at the same time? That's you know like well, <laughs> aren't those two the same thing? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, no, they're not. Right. That's what she's she's learning. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. in her first six months. So, uh, so again, we covered this, some of this last week, but let's talk just a little bit about physicians because, uh, you know, first of all, I'm going to say that I think she's right, dead on. Everybody who's listening to this would agree. Physicians are treated like gods, and frankly, 
you know, there's that whole joke, you know, the Alec Baldwin movie, you know, you say I act like God. I am God. I can't remember what the name of that was. <laughs> you know, physicians are pretty darn important, right? They should be treated specially. Uh, they are important. They're probably the number one driver of business to a hospital or health system, referring physicians. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and your own employed physicians are important. These are important key figures, the most key figures maybe in many cases in your organization. So it's very understandable why a lot of this happens. The unfortunate part is it drives such ineffective marketing, right? And that's what we've talked about for a long time. So we've got some thoughts on how to how to deal with physicians. And, and maybe you could just, we always talk about like taking the Joe Public book and leaving it on a physician's desk. Maybe you could like pull your speaker out when you're listening to this podcast and accidentally <laughs> crank it to 10 and put it next to the physicians. Or 11. Or ele- <laughs> turn it to an 11. <laughs> so, you know, we've been doing this for a long time and I've actually found that, uh, well, there's a reason for this, but I found that working with physicians can be frustrating initially, but if you work through it the right way, it can be very rewarding. Uh, and I, And I think it starts with, you really have to understand where they're coming from. You really have to understand their pain points. You have to understand their business. Uh, you have to understand what it is about their particular particular area of specialty uh, that makes it unique, uh, that makes it unique in ways that patients come, what patients are seeking from a competitive standpoint. You need to kind of be up to speed, if not ahead of the game on that, so that when you're talking to these folks, you can demonstrate that you really understand what they're going through. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys add anything to that? Are there, are there any other ways you guys could think of, of like how to, how to help demonstrate to the physician yeah. that I, I agree with all that at the same time though, you also, have, you're in, you're going to remember, not that you need to remember, you're going to remember, uh, by no choice of your own that, um, while you're busting your back to put yourself in their shoes and try to understand what they're thinking, feeling, and going through, um, they're going to assume they know everything you know. <laughs> <laughs> that they, you exactly. know, they, don't, they don't need to bust their yes. back to be in your shoes because you're just working marketing and anybody can do marketing, especially someone with a doctorate. So right, they, they, right. Know, and- they know how to do your job. So don't, you know. <laughs> and again, it's we've talked about that too. You know, that is... It's something where I even I let physicians off the hook for that attitude anymore because I think that's something that's just built into the who they are and burned into them in their schooling. If you're going to be a physician, you have to feel pretty darn confident you got your bases covered to cut people open, to save lives, to diagnose disease. You you, you have to have that confidence and you have to feel like you know it all. So so that doesn't excuse some of the over the top you know, egos and how people are treated sometimes. But at least if you understand that, it helps you get past what you just said, Adam, mm-hmm. I think. And it, and it goes directly to the next point, which is, you know, everybody thinks they can do marketing. So your job is to demonstrate that this is tough stuff. This is sophisticated work. Uh, you need a degree of your own to really do it right, typically. Uh, years of practice and still you're not going to be a master. Uh, and the best way to do that, and from our perspective, is to measure the crap out of everything you do mm-hmm. uh, and then show them, right. demonstrate the complexity of even measurement. Uh, and when you start doing that, you start demonstrating that, you know, there's a lot more to this than just running a, a you know an ad or a billboard or whatever it is. 
Uh, you've got to consider 101 variables, 101 different things that will impact success. Uh, and so that's one reason to measure. Go ahead, Adam. You're gonna yeah, say something. no, I was gonna say that's the biggest reason, I think. I mean, if, if, there, if there's one thing you've got on your side when it comes to data, it's that they're doctors and that they like data. They love data. Mm-hmm. They live their lives based on that in many cases. You know, that's that. And they're, and they're going to have opinions on marketing, but they're not going to have anything to back up their opinions other than that's what they think. Um, so if you can counter that with, with your own opinions and, and base them on statistics and data, it shows that you're not approaching this from, you know, just a, a gut feeling or what you, how you think things should happen. Um, you know, you're, you're approaching it from, from, from a factual standpoint and they're mm-hmm. not going to you know, in, I would, in most cases that I've, I've seen, they, they don't argue with that. It's like, they, there's really nothing they can say at that point. Cause they, you know, they, you present them with evidence, you present them with proof and they're most likely going to go along with it unless they're really arrogant, which is right. also not uncommon. Which, which all of it, all of that leads to another thing that I found is super important when dealing with physicians. And that is you have to be super confident in yourself and what you're saying. You have to stand up for yourself respectfully. Uh, and <laughs> because they respect that, they respect that, you know what you're talking about. You're, you're not going to cower. You're not going to just fold in the, in the face of, uh, you know, pushback measurement gives you that, but you can build that in other ways too. And and I'm not trying to say that you, you get in arguments and you, you know, you tell them that you, they don't know what the hell they're talking about and you do. But, but it's kind of like a, I don't know, every time I've dealt with physicians that are, that are overbearing that way and you hold your ground and you respectfully point out, well, you know, you would think that's true, but here's my experience or here's the evidence to the contrary uh, or here's what we think works best and you hold to it. Mm-hmm. You could you make friends that way. They really like that, and it doesn't mean they're going to agree with everything you say, but you earn their respect, right? Uh, right. And that's really important, right? Mm-hmm. Like a charging rhino. Don't back down. <laughs> Just hold your ground. Exactly. Yeah, I guess that that would work. I was thinking of something else, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so that's important too, uh, and and this and this is another thing that can help, and it, and it's be, partly because of what I just said. And partly alludes to what I said before, where I tend to feel like I can have good success with physicians. If you're struggling, bring in an outsider. Now, this can be frustrating or wonderful, depending on your perspective. Uh, it's frustrating because, and I bet everybody who's listening to this has had this experience. You can be advocating for something. Okay, we don't. We should not buy health grades. We should not promote health grades. I'll just pick on health grades for a second. Uh, and you can say these things to your blue in the face and nobody will listen to you. Bring in an expert that's respected in some way and watch them say the same thing and watch physicians and leadership nod. There's a number of reasons for that. Uh, one is you're working with these folks every day. And so a lot of times they tend to just kind of, you, you become kind of white noise and that's not your fault. That's just the job. Uh, another reason is uh, they they may not respect you for whatever reason, uh, bringing in something from the outside can help with that, and they just tend to respect outside opinions and experts. It's it's pretty common in any industry for that to be the mm-hmm. case. So I'm not trying to say you know like hire us. That's not the point of this. The point is y- you have to be okay with that, and you have to you know the way we talk to clients about it is hey use us for good, right? If you're going to bring in somebody from the outside, 
have that, you know, let that find somebody who aligns with what you really believe in so that they can help you move the organization where you want to go. And then instead of being frustrated by the fact that you're struggling to do that, be thrilled that you've got a means to accomplish it. Uh, and smile to yourself that you're getting it done. Right. And know that if you were to quit your job and work with the person you hired and, and you, that you could go into an organization and say what you wanted to say and that they would buy it a hundred percent. Right. Right. It's nothing personal. It's just, who, it's just a position you're in. Right. Uh, but it does go to confidence. Uh, you know, someone who's been from an outside perspective typically has to have that confidence. So that's part of it. Uh, you know, and it's just that mystique and that credibility that they may bring. And you may even have all of that from an internal, you know, you may have written a book or you may have been on the consulting side or you may serve on committees or national organizations, but they don't see that, you know, they're not introduced to that every time you talk to them. They may know it once, if at all. So, you know, again, just, you just have to kind of take the frustrating part with a grain of salt. And if you can use it for good, then it's, it's a good strategy. And, and that I think too, can also be addressed again by having data to back up what you're saying. Um, you know, you're going to need, you won't need to rely on outside people necessarily in many cases, you know, it's, sometimes that's the solution, but if everything you're saying can be backed up by evidence, then there's really, you know, there's, there's, it's hard, it's hard for someone to not take you seriously then, or to not give, yep. a, give credit to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and another idea, we'll just throw this out and move on, but we came up with this last time, but I think it's a, it's a really good one, is develop your own best practices uh, for marketing <clears throat> related to physicians. Uh, so a great example is when you get a new physician who comes to the organization, uh, you know, they're demanding. Sometimes we've hearing recently that sometimes contractually they get an ad, a billboard or whatever. That's what they want, whether it's contractually obligated or not. Uh, what you can have are best practices based on evidence, based on experience of what works to promote a physician practice or a clinic or whatever it is. Uh, and, and that helps you again, because to Adam's point earlier, you're not countering what they're saying. Um, you know, if they come to you and say, I want a billboard, you're not just saying no, or here's why not. You're saying here are the best practices that, that we found work to help fill your office visits. Uh, and better to, to give that to them ahead of time, proactively, to set the stage uh, as opposed to reactively. But those are the kind of things that we think can help. Anything mm-hmm. else, you guys? Agencies are basically expensive ventriloquy puppy- puppets is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, well, I know it's, it's so frustrating <laughs> because everybody listening to this podcast, I think, it, it, you know, they like what we have to say because they believe it themselves. And most of them have stated it sometime or other in a meeting to a physician, to a operational leader, whatever. Uh, and I think a lot of people are drawn to what we have to say because they're frustrated that they can't, they can't make, you know, hay with it. They can't move anywhere with this stuff. And so they like the fact that somebody else is, is out there, you know, supporting what they have to say. So whether it's a mm-hmm. podcast, a book, uh, an outside consultant, whatever it takes, use all that stuff to your advantage. All right. Right on. Do it. Do Thanks it. again for for the great question, Kelsey. Okay. Kelsey, who's a girl, a woman. <laughs> all right. So we're one more, well, two more things. Adam, you're going to have to, this one's going to be. Curb pretty, it. It's, I think in, in like a sentence, you can wrap up this next one, but a phenomenal infographic. One of the best I've ever seen. 
uh, oh. that you found about uh, SEO. Uh, do you want to try to uh, describe what it is? Uh, you know, there's so many components to it that it's tough to really, you know, you have to kind of go through everyone individually. But overall, the, the, overall, the overriding theme of this infographic is just demonstrating how content um, is king when it comes to SEO. You know, we, we mm-hmm. get a lot of people who ask us, you know, what, you know, how do I, you know, want to improve uh, their search engine optimization, but really, you know, d- don't know where to start. They, just, they think it's magic. Um, and it, you know, it is, I guess, in the sense that we have no idea what the algorithms are that Google or Bing or Yahoo uses to determine their rankings. You know, there's a little bit of quote unquote magic going on there, but the ulti- ultimately content is king. Um, you know, these search engines, their goal is to li- to deliver to people the best results possible. And to do that, um, you know, they're going to try to seek out the best content and deliver that, you know, to, to match the, re- the search that the person had entered in. Um, so it just points out a lot of the, uh, this infographic points out a lot of the, uh, the number of statistics, the number of uh, findings that indicate that, uh, you know, things that are, when you, when you hear from like an SEO specialist, quote unquote SEO specialist, a lot of them are kind of snake oil salesmen. Some use kind of black hat tactics that in the end are going to hurt you more than they're going to help you. And some are certainly legit. I don't mean to give them a bad rap because there are people who are really good in this area. Um, but a lot of it's just, you know, they make it out to be hocus pocus. And a lot of it is, is, is not rocket science. You know, you create good content, create valuable content, and people are going to come to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to, it's going to, it's going to only help you with your rankings. I and mean, that, so that, that's what drives results in the end. That's not to downplay the importance of, you know, proper code behind the scenes, some of the proper you know, description tags and title tags, things like that that need to be included. You know, the influence of, of linking, although this does get into the influence of linking, especially within social media. I'm um, just talking about how, um, like for example, the, the plus one is uh, Google's new, you know, ranking service, uh, you know, liking type service is influencing their results. How uh, Bing is using Facebook likes as a, a signal for people who are actually logged into Facebook um, to affect their rankings to some extent. Um, the way that Twitter can help you get into Google's index uh, faster. So there's just, there's a lot to kind of digest from this infographic, but it's well done, like Chris said, so it kind of makes it fun to go through and read. It doesn't tell you how to do these things necessarily. Um, it just kind of talks about the importance and the impact and shows some statistics on how it's, uh, how it's affected, uh, you know, whatever, whatever sites they're gauging uh, these metrics against. So it, check it, it out. Does, it does have some guidance on how to do it. There's a, there's a section on the brand effect uh, where there's a quote from the head of Google's web spam team. And he says, try to make a site that is so fantastic you become an authority in your niche. And by fantastic, he's referring to content. Uh, you know, so Or branding tells a story and stories rely on content. So there's two examples of things that you could look at your own site and go, well, you know, are, are we an authority with our content? You know, and by authority, that means you know what you're talking about and people turn to you. So your content has to be strong, and it has to be you know different in some way, uh, so that it separates itself from the other strong content that's out there. So it's a broad kind of guidance, but mm-hmm. just that alone is is really powerful. Yeah, and filling your website with like uh, generic health encyclopedia content that's duplicated on a million other hospital websites across the internet isn't going to be anything that necessarily helps you a lot because duplicate content, um, especially when it's exactly when it's identical content to something else can hurt you. Um, so just packing your website with, uh, 
you know, content like that because you think it's going to get indexed and be good for you. Not necessarily true. Um, it needs to be stuff that you got, that you're generating yourself in most cases. Um, it doesn't mean it can't be supplemented with some of this other stuff. Um, but you need to, yeah, you need to be an authority in something. And like, like I said, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good point, Chris. I mean, it, it gives good advice. It doesn't necessarily tell you how to do these things for your own industry. Um, but definitely good advice on things you need to, you need to be considering. Yeah. More strategic guidance, but still great stuff. I really recommend people check it out. I just think it's, I mean, it's something that I'll probably use over and over and over again, citing the original source. Who is, we should give credit to the original source. Yeah. Uh, Brafton.com. Mm-hmm. Braft, that's where we found it. That is, I uh, believe they are the creators of it. I, I found yep, it actually right. originally from uh, readwritewweb.com, which is a uh, blog that I, technology site that I follow. So what is Brafton? Do you know? Uh, yeah, Brafton is, hold on, I just clicked on their, uh, I clicked on the infographic and got like the ginormous version of it, which covered my whole screen. Um, <laughs> about us, about Brafton. Let's see. What does it say? Brafton is an online news and content agency that offers integrated content marketing services. That's the first line. I won't read the rest Got of it. it. If you want to know, you okay. can check them out. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, they have, they have, and I actually, um, I hadn't, I wasn't following them until I ran across this and I, I added them to my RSS feed and they are definitely cranking out, um, good articles on a very regular basis, like several, like a number of them a day. I wouldn't say several a day, probably like a handful a day. Like so far today, yeah. there's, um, let's see, what do we have today? Social media marketing opportunities grow as more tweet from their, as more tweet from their smartphone report shows more consumers turn to the web for electronics purchases, ice cream sandwich launch streamlines, Android search and social access. Ice cream sandwich is the new version of Android that is okay. coming out pretty soon, just so you know. No, you're getting, you're getting in the technical weeds. <laughs> <laughs> you lost me. Well, here, let me, let me wrap this whole thing up with a, with a uh, post I saw on Twitter, which caught my eye the first time I saw it because I thought it was really good. And then after I saw this, I thought it was just perfect. This is from uh, Geonetric. So friends of ours at Geonetric, Ben Dillon, we all know Ben, right? Uh, he is their evangelist, chief evangelist. Oh, here, hold on one sec. Siri, who is Ben Dillon? Checking on that for you. How about a web search for Siri, who is Ben Dillon? <laughs> yep, Siri doesn't know. Sorry, Ben. All right. Well, Ben, you're gonna have you have to improve your brand, I guess. <laughs> but this was this wasn't from Ben, at least as far as I know. It's from the Geometric Twitter feed. But it said, "Think of your web content as a business asset rather than just a line item on a to do list." I just love that. That's what it is. It's, a, it's such mm-hmm. a strong asset, and not just from an SEO standpoint, but from a brand standpoint. It's just huge these days to to have rich, differentiated, valued content. You know, you just really can't underestimate that or underemphasize it. So, okay, so moving, we've just got a couple minutes left, and we wanted to to talk to S- Siri now. Jackie, you don't have a new iPhone, right? Nope, just just the iPhone 4. Okay, so you and I have the iPhone 4. We do not get Siri. <coughs> we have to have not yet it. anyway. There's speculation that it might come to all iPhones and that they're just Ooh, speculation. Going, going beta on this first one here to get some Is it some rampant? Is it rampant speculation? I wouldn't know that it's rampant, but Damn. it is it is speculative, speculative speculation. All right, so Siri is like the thing that got me most excited about the new what is it Ford 4S. Four, not the 4GS, the 4S. Just the 4S. The 4s? 
Do people call fours. it the fours? I had a buddy who okay, called the fours. Yes, the three Gs. All right, so we'll call it the iPhone fours. So, but but here, you know, I think we mentioned this when it first came out. I, I'm not skeptical, but I guess I don't want to be disappointed if and when I ever get the <laughs> IG or the iPhone fours that it will let me down because it seems so awesome when you hear about it and see it. Right. Uh, for those folks who don't know, which I don't know who you would be, but you know, Siri's <laughs> the the voice active the voice activated assistant that Adam's been referencing throughout the podcast that is new to the the iPhone fours. Uh, and the the ads for it and the videos for it are amazing. It's like yeah. you're talking to a real person and she's moving your calendar around and she's, you know, right. texting for you so you don't have to type while you drive. So what we want to do is get an official evaluation of Siri to this point from someone who has her. That's services. pretty cool so far. I've used it for a number of things. I've used it for directions. Like if I'm driving, I've just said, you know, find, uh, give me a directions to this location you know i still have to look down at my phone quick to, at the map to see if i'm like far off from it but it brings it right up um i've been using it a lot for texting uh because you can just tell it what to what to say what to send and who to send it to it'll take care oh, of that that's for pretty you sweet can i um, can i you know what somebody's going to say this at some point and i i don't believe this but there's always the people that were ripping on texting because they're like why don't you just if you're doing this why don't you just call somebody so now that we're literally talking when we're texting some comedian's going to have that joke. Uh, more like so now you can just right. You can just talk into your phone texting, but you're, why don't you just call? I mean, I know it's different, but sorry, somebody's <laughs> yeah. going to joke like I that. I know what you mean. Jay, yeah, it it's... won't be Louis C.K. He's too cool. Jay Leno would joke on. That. Oh yeah, because his oh man, that's gone downhill. Such... Yeah, it's, yes. well, it's so <laughs> obvious I mean. though, and it's but it's but it's also it would be Jay Leno because they're so out of touch with um, right. with with reality <laughs> that's with with, I mean. with the times. Because um, yeah, I mean, right. it's, it's still exactly the same principle as text. Texting is all about sending somebody a message that they can deal with when they want to deal with it. Whereas calling right. means you, somebody else has to abide by your schedule. You, know, you have to right. talk to me now because I'm available now, and I don't care if you're available. Now is when I want to talk. Um, Unless, of course, you set up a conference call ahead of time, right. and everybody's agreed to the. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, keep going. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, no. Um, so I've used it for yeah texting. I've used it a lot for that. Um, I haven't really used it for calendar type stuff only because my calendar isn't necessarily really busy. It's not, not nearly as busy as yours. So you would probably find more use in it there. I've used it for some timers, which is kind of handy. Like I put a pizza in the oven the other night and then my little boy wanted to go upstairs and play and I can't hear the timer up there. Um, so yeah, you could with the, you know, you could always set a timer on your phone, but now you just push the button and say, I set a timer for 20 minutes and you stick it in your pocket. And 20 minutes later, you know, the timer's going off. Speaking of which here, how about we ask Siri some? Is it warm in my pocket? Gross. <laughs> I know. What the hell? <laughs> How hot? She said it's 57 degrees right now. That's cold. That must be Celsius. That's the temperature outside, not the temperature in my pocket. Oh, oh. I don't think I can actually tell the temperature in my pocket. I've been That's reading the some charts. of the fun- you think of that? Some of the funny things that people ask it, like the meaning of life or whatever, mm-hmm. it just sounds like it's... You know, those are fun, but you wouldn't do those forever. But just, you know, the idea of, like you said, where um, this is where it would be great for me because I have such short-term memory loss. If I'm driving home and, you know, I'm talking to somebody and there's like an action step, I always have to say, could you email that to me? (laughs) Because I know by the time I get home, I'll forget. Yeah, here, I'll set a reminder. Remind me to edit the podcast by Monday morning. Monday at 7 a.m. Edit the podcast. Shall I create it? That's awesome. 
<laughs> That's the first reminder I've created. Oh, uh, yes, create it. Sorry, Adam. Oop. I can't remind you in the past. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why not? Confirm. Come on. See, I knew there'd be limitations. No, well, I was talking. I was blabbing when she was asking me questions. I, I'm kidding. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that was, that was awesome. It said it. I mean, it, it, she randomly picked a time, but seven a.m. is probably a pretty good time to just well, arbitrarily like choose. 5 yeah, um, and I don't know if everybody heard a response, but she said, "Sorry, Adam, I cannot remind you in the yeah. past." <laughs> so she must have thought he was talking about last she, Monday. Well, yeah. is there are there any like are, are you finding like you're having to repeat things a lot, or that she's uh, it depends not it, responsive. Yeah, only if you're trying to do something that's kind of complex. Um, one trick too is like my my wife's name is a little unusual, um, and she wasn't Siri wasn't understanding that uh, very well. Uh, but you can, in the address book, you can add a phonetic version of somebody's name. So if there is somebody's name that the spelling is just like, you know, Siri does not have any idea what, what, it, what that spelling is. You can, you can spell out what a name sounds, should sound like, and then Siri will use that to determine oh. what a person's name is. Um, so that's, that's super cool. handy. And that's just kind of a little known uh, trick for that. Cool. So, yeah. So you'd recommend Siri. I would. I, I definitely would. It's, it's really cool. The phone itself, too, is just super fast. Um, la, 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 la. No, but I'm just going to say it. Which you're going to have to save that for next time. I knew you couldn't do uh, it. Okay, fine. Yes. No, Siri, know, Siri, Siri is worth it. Um, <laughs> okay. And the, 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 the owner, uh, or the, I think like the CEO of Siri, before it was bought out by Apple, um, had a comment up about their platform is that you know it takes time for a Siri to really learn a user's habits and get better. Um, so I'm not sure if there's like an AI built into this version of Siri that actually improves over time as you use it. Um, but I think just in general, as Apple collects data um, on how it's being used, it's probably going to get even better and better as, as we go. So um, that's cool. But out, out of the gate, I'm pretty impressed with it. That's really neat. Good. All right. Well, I'm sorry to cut you off. I know you want to no, talk about okay. it and we'll, we'll like, give you a format. We're, I know. we're like almost 40 minutes already. So. Yeah. Siri, are there any listeners left on our podcast? <laughs> Just Jackie. Just Jackie. Siri, All is right. anyone left listening to our podcast? We don't have any podcast matching. Siri, is anyone left <laughs> listening for? <laughs> that's say a no. That I'm going to say that's a no. All right. Well, we better, we better <laughs> stop now before we break new ground on our podcast link. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We will uh, talk to you next time for Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Ambassadors podcast. This is Chris Bevelo. Jackie Ritacco. And Adam Meyer. See ya. See ya.